was so I was so excited about my lesson. It'll be a three-week series starting next week, and it's going to be on Mary, uh, the life song of Mary. And we're going to delve into a little bit of why. Uh, where did the Hail Mary full of grace come from in Catholicism? But then also, what is the biblical truth about Mary? And uh, her life was really dedicated not merely to being the mother of our Lord, which is a huge, as we're going to see, a huge privilege and blessing, but her life was given to magnify the Lord. And I thought, what better way to start our year off than to be reminded that we are to magnify. And you could be a young a teenage single woman like Mary, you can be a young mother, you can be any age and uh, any stage of life and any gender and magnify the Lord. So I hope you will be here for that next week. Now, we also have notes. We're going to do an interview format, and so we're going to be question and answer, but let me encourage you. Pat, why don't you grab these? If any, Does anybody need one of these so you can take some notes? If so, Pat can uh, help us out here a little bit. And uh, you will want to take notes, won't they? What do you think, Nikki? Yeah. (laughs) Nikki's an artist. You could draw a picture of her on this and and, and have her critique it afterwards. So here's the deal. We we are glad to have it in Isley's. Are we excited about that? Yeah, 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 that's exciting. Yeah, like I told Desmond, I said, wow, you are are not two-dimensional. You are like in person. I can hug you. And, uh, yeah, anyway, that was interesting. We are glad to have you. Hey, it's the new year, so let's start off with saying uh, the Lord's Prayer together. Can we do that? I know I taught a series on that, and we did it each Sunday during that series, but I think this is a great way to start the new year together. Amen? So let's, let's say it with our outside voices. Okay. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Or amen depending on where you're at. So that's good. Let's go to the Lord, pray for our time together, pray for our new year, and then we'll have the Nisleys come up. Let's pray. Father, we come, and we are so thankful that we can call you Father God, not a distant ruler and judge, but a near-to-hear, caring Father who at the same time is large and in charge. What a grace it is that you would condescend to send us your son. We pray that his kingdom will come in this new year, soon and sudden and sure. We pray that your will would be done. Justice would be rendered on this earth. Your feet, Lord, would split the Mount of Olives and you would establish righteousness and peace and justice. You are our only hope, Lord, in this coming year. And we pray that your will would be done in our hearts as your subjects, that we would not just long for something, but we would live something each day 
as we encounter whatever it is in your kind providence you would allow to enter our lives. And Father, we pray that you would give us today the bread of life that we need to sustain us for this day. And then the next day, I pray for those who have established holy habits for this coming year, that you would give them daily bread through the reading and the praying, whether they use the structure of the Lord's Prayer, whether they are reading digitally or or print. Lord, I pray that you would feed us with that which is more important than physical bread, your word from your mouth. And Lord, we need your forgiveness. We are weak. We are helpless. We are proud. We are arrogant. We are hateful. And that's just what's inside our hearts, much less what comes out. And so we thank you for the cleansing blood of your son who accomplished our redemption. And we praise you, Lord, that we can ask you to protect us from the evil one, that the indwelling Holy Spirit is greater than he that is in the world. And Lord, we acknowledge that your kingdom, your power, and your glory is yours alone. And it's a gift of grace that we can claim it. And so I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts, give liberty to Jordan and Nikki to answer and share the good, the bad, and yes, the ugly that has happened in these last three and a half years. And may we be bonded to them in the unity of the Spirit to not just listen and be blessed, but to get on our knees and to intercede for more Filipinos, for more Kansas City people to be added to your number. We pray this as God's people and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we all say, Amen. Amen. Come on up, nicely. Uh, grab a seat there, and uh, if you need water, it's there. And so if you have, you know, take notes. And there's also a, a handout to pray, as we always do each week for our missionaries. So, all right, here we go. Wow. This is, okay, so we'll do an interview format. We'll have some time, Lord willing, at the end for you to ask some questions. And uh, you, they haven't been back. You haven't been back for three and a half years. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Now, what happened in those three and a half years, Jerry? <laughs> much happened in the world? Not much happened in the world. Man, can we give a holy shout to God, giving thanks for his grace to enable them to persevere? Yeah, let's say thank you, Lord. One, two, three. Thank, thank you, Lord. Lord. Yes. Amen. Because it's his grace, but your response to that grace for which we're thankful. So they're here for six months. Okay, so furlough for six months going back when in July? Probably about mid-July. Mid-July, okay. And, uh, and so they're going to, you know, we're going to pray here at the end. We want their hearts to be refreshed, but it's hard on furlough for missionaries to have refreshed hearts because they're also raising support. And they're renewing connections with supporting churches like ours right here. But we do hope this is refreshing to you. And we're looking forward to uh, Jordan preaching upstairs. Amen? Amen. And so let's, uh, and for those of you that may be new, I mean, I always, we get questions every once in a while. Well, like, who are these people? You seem to know them. Okay. So (laughs) we have a long uh, connection with Nikki. Nikki, when, when did your family come to 
uh, LifeBridge? Um, 1993. 1993. So when I was in third grade. Third grade. Okay, yeah. I knew you were young, but I didn't know you were that young. So yeah. third grade until you went off on the uh, exciting college <laughs> voyage journey. Yeah. All right, that's a long time. And then Jordan is out of uh, Pastor Tyrone's uh, uh, nephew, Tim Adrian's church in Hutchison. And uh, so he's out of that church. And then they met when our combined churches went on a missions campaign to uh, Ed Bossel in South Dakota. Okay. Rosebud Indian. So, I mean, you know, Indian reservation romance. <laughs> I, I it wasn't bet until you. the Bahamas. The, oh, the was it the Bahamas? The what? Bahamas. No. But yeah. didn't you that see each? We met we did, in yes. oh, you, South you, Dakota. Oh, you checked each other out <laughs> on the reservation. Yeah. And then there was a Bahama Mama. <laughs> oh my! You know, I don't know if I. We might have to explore that. <laughs> okay. that that's, I didn't. I didn't realize. So that's where the sparks flew. Is that it? Yes. The Bahamas. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> that mission. So, you know, Nikki, let's go to the beach and pray a little bit. And, you know that kind of thing. Okay. Well, we'll have to hear them stories about that. So. They are going to be in and out. You know, they're based here. They'll be in and out. So we'll plan some other, uh, Lord willing. Again, we want to be sensitive. They, uh, your schedule is almost, almost filled up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when they are here, uh, you know, we won't put them to work. We'll love on them. Amen? Amen. And uh, so we're looking forward to some good times. And here's what we want to do. Uh, with all our missionaries. And I thought it would be a good time to remember Third John 5 through 8 is really our philosophy of partnering with our global partners. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, especially when they are strangers, and they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles, Therefore, we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. And so really what we're here to do is rejoice in our partnership for the gospel in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So let's get a little reacquainted here. So we'll just dive in. How long have you guys been married? (laughs) It'll be... Uh, 15 years this year. 15. Let's give them a hand for that. Amen. That's great. And how old are Desmond and Amelia? Desmond is 10 years old and Amelia will be eight in March. Oh my gosh. That's just amazing. (laughs) I remember when they went to the Philippines early, early in the morning at KCI, I got up in the morning to see them. I got this picture, the one value, if any, of social media. So every year on Facebook pops up this picture of me and Desmond. He's just a little guy. No clue what he was getting into. But uh, that's exciting. Okay, well, let's start with what we all know and what we all want to forget, COVID, right? So three and a half years, I mean, that, that has marked. So tell us a little bit what it was like, how it impacted your ministry, how it impacted your family, and just the joy of it all. Yeah, um... Yeah, when it hit, it hit fast um, in the Philippines. Basically, we were told is mid-March, and we were told on Friday from the government that uh, starting on Sunday, 
government is going to be, I mean, the country is going to be completely locked down in your homes. And so we had quickly prepared for that. I was actually preaching that weekend, so I had to quickly film it uh, for our church there. Uh, so I was the first one to go online for the church. And uh, basically from that point in March till the end of May, um, it was intense because, like, only one person could leave the house. So Nikki and the kids were not able to leave our house for over 60 days. Almost 80. Almost 80 days. <laughs> yeah. Almost 80 days they didn't step <laughs> foot out of our house. <laughs> I had a pass that I could use to go out. You had to have a pass to show that you were the person allowed out of the house. And um, so to go out and only the grocery stores were open. And so, uh, you know, it was long waits like this. I think the first time I went to the grocery store is about an eight hour trip, four hours in line, two hours in the heat, the summer heat of the Philippines, two hours winding through the mall. And then, you know, the rest of the time going through the store, waiting in line, driving home. Um, so, that really helped you not catch COVID. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they were limiting how many people were allowed in the store. So they were trying to really social distance in and you're supposed to be about two meters apart in that line so that's i think less than two meters there <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so intense stuff uh you know even during that time period like they had soldiers and police officers at every major road at the you weren't allowed to cross city borders so for example, think about going down North Oak and where Gladstone and Kansas City meet. You would have barricades and soldiers. Like you were confined to your city, um, you know, or whatever area you were in. So it, it was uh, intense. Um, thankfully, it started to loosen up a little bit um, after that. But we had about six months where face shields and face masks were mandatory, which the face shield's not very fun. Although it took me, I think, like two weeks before I realized there's plastic on both sides of it to peel because I could hardly see out of it. <laughs> there's like a thin, clear plastic protection on it. So <laughs> Nikki saw that and helped me out because so I, I was constantly I can't a true help see out of this. <laughs> it's all blurry. So um, six months of that, we uh, prob- it was about eighteen months before kids were allowed in public. So for 18 months, kids could be at home. We could go to friends' houses. Occasionally, we would drive to the grocery store, and me and the kids would sit in the car just to get them out of the house. But 18 months before kids were actually allowed to go out in public uh, under 18. Um, two Two years of online school. Nick, you can talk a little bit more about that as well. And then they only just released the mask mandate this past November, and still most people are wearing them. So it's it's been an interesting time period for sure. Now give us a little bit the timeline of date and year you went back, and then when the you know yeah uh, we arrived back in the Philippines June late June of 2019. So we were back about nine months, and then yeah, all that happened. All that hit, yeah. and you and you had a. a Tell us about you, you, your living accommodations. We're going to be a little tight, but you thought. Yeah, we were um, subleasing from other missionaries who were back in the States during that time. And then we had like a two-week or a month period where we shared the house together. And then we moved into a smaller house that was being passed off to a single missionary. And so it was full of 
the former missionary stuff, but we thought, well, we'll be at school all day. We're hardly going to be here. It'll be fine. <laughs> and then we got shut into that house for... Three months? Three months. Yeah. We were there because um, we were waiting for June 2020 because that's when a house on campus at my Bible college was opening up. So it was all just kind of a waiting period to move. And then, yeah, we kind of got trapped there <laughs> where we didn't want to be. Wow. Wow. Now, what, what, what you know, uh, a major or, or big takeaway from, you know, because we, we can talk about how difficult, but what did the Lord teach you through that time? Which I'm sure there's many, but yeah. Uh, I think for me, like, I guess there were hard times in ministry before that. And so sometimes it's hard to talk to people because their situation was really bad. But for us, we all liked each other. And so to be stuck at home together, like, that didn't feel like a sentence. That felt like a gift. Um, so our family really grew a lot during that time. And um, we learn to just appreciate one another and have a good time together. And then with our church being online, um, one of the things that really grew from that was needing connection with each other. And so after the service, we would have breakout sessions with Zoom. And so it was a good opportunity to, you know, people are more vulnerable, wanting to share. And so I feel like as a church, we really grew during that time, during our Zoom sessions as well, talking about the message and what we had learned from it, and really sharing our hearts with each other of things to pray for, and uh, really appreciated that time together. So you, you had this uh, many, yeah. many hours. Yes. Lots of Zoom sessions for church, for teaching for the kids um, online as well so i think that was a chapel service for the bible college um but yeah just lots of staring at people <laughs> always you know you know, like you're looking here or you trying to stare at the camera so it actually looks like you're looking at them it just just all of that just uh well i could tell i mean you know of course uh as a church as a, as a pastor very concerned for them during this time, and I had called Jordan. Say, are you are you sure you're okay? You know, how are you doing? And but I would dip in sometimes into these uh, streaming of their messages, and you would see everybody that's listening. And there would be the Nisleys on their couch, all and and I'm telling you, you could see your unity of your family and your love together. And I'm like, these kids look like they're halfway happy during this time. And I'm going to keep praying that that continues. So that that was a huge blessing. Well, let's talk a little bit about also. There was a lot of transitions during this time for the Nisleys. So if you remember, they started their ministry with our global partners, the Greg and Luann Lyons, right? So they were ministering there. But when they went back, uh, that's you were transitioning in these uh, areas to where the Lord was leading uh, them, but actually both of them, for ministries and open doors where they could better utilize their shape for ministry. And so really you had three open open doors your main their main ministry they transitioned in that they transitioned in uh your local church ministry the local church that you guys worship in okay so missionaries don't get to cop out on church uh worship and church attendance and membership and then Nikki, you had a transition of your ministry opportunity. So let's talk a little bit so that we can get a better – so you're, there's a lot of change going on. Sure, yeah. It was uh, 
yeah, definitely, uh, you know, a good transition period. Um, I think on the next screen, you know, I, my primary role, um, one of my main focuses is, is teaching and equipping Filipinos for ministry. And so I transitioned into teaching at the center for biblical studies. It's, it's a, um, a smaller school, but it's just very laser focused on preparing young men and women to serve God, um, preparing these young men to preach, to be pastors. Um, most of these, uh, that's, that's the faculty are, um, from this past May, the first time we all got to be in person together, um, after all of that time. But, uh, you know, it's been a blessing to serve alongside these men and women, even when we were separated from a distance to get to know them, um, to see their heart for Christ and their desire to invest in, in the young people. And it's, a, you know, uh, most of my students were, um, you know, they're, they're used to being on campus. And then we had new students coming into the school. We still had students um, enrolling, thankfully, during this time. But uh, it was challenging for most of them. Uh, you know, being online, they didn't have um, – a lot of them didn't have laptops. They're typing papers on phones. Uh, some of them uh, – most of them did not have consistent Internet. They have to walk somewhere else or go somewhere else to use the Internet. Um, and then being back at home meant, uh, rather than being on, in the dorms on campus, there, there was a lot of family responsibilities, a lot of church responsibilities. So it, it was challenging for those students. And yet, um, they persevered and were willing to put in the work and study and grow. And, um, I had some students, I had one, uh, young man, actually his pastor, I think he passed away. And so he ended up pastoring the church during his senior year, trying to manage all of this. And, you know, he had messaged me asking for help, uh, you know, advice counseling in the church and and, and things like that so um, but that, that's been a joy to get to invest in, in these young people and, and see them actively serving serving Christ and we might talk about that a little bit more later um, so we've been I've been involved in teaching at the Center for Biblical Studies I thankfully got one semester in person before the lockdown and then um, but that's it. Actually, even this past semester, we were still online at the Bible College. We were still kind of working out all of the government red tape and restrictions to get students back on campus. And so I thankfully, I think more and more are going to start on in person this semester. But uh, yeah, it, it's been a it's a, been a long road. Um, yeah. So now this transition. So. Uh, so you, this is your transition to your main ministry, yeah. but then you guys transitioned your local church, yes. which is, is separate, right? Yes, yeah, our local church is separate. On the next slide. Um, so when we arrived back, we weren't sure where we were going to attend church. Uh, we, you know, through this transition, um, we're in stepping into new ministries. I think long term. We had a vision of ideally, you know, getting established in the Bible college. Maybe a young guy I'd, I'd build a connection with would want a church plant, and we could mentor and, and be involved in that. But we knew when we arrived back, we needed to be involved. You know, we were committed to local church and and being invested um, locally. And so, um, I think we had just been back a couple of weeks, and I happened to cross paths with uh, another BBFI missionary, Brent Longenecker. Um, they'd been in the Philippines about as long as we had. Very similar story, been with another ministry, interned under a veteran, and then kind of striking out on his own, had planted a church. And um, he's in the back in the white shirt on that first photo there, um, if you can see him at the, at the end of the table. 
yet, Brent. And so he invited us to just come, just come and attend, just be at the church while we were figuring things out. And it was a, it was a blessing to begin um, just being there, begin to know the people of, of Lifehouse Church. Um, I, I know I'm going to greet the church in the service, and I'm going to mess up because I'm so ingrained in, in greeting Lifehouse Church. I'm going to say that instead of LifeBridge. But, uh, you know, we, we got— we change our name again? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a joy, and we thankfully had nine months of being a part of the church and serving and, and building relationships before um, lockdown. And then um, actually Brent got— just long story short, he got caught in the U.S. on a trip when the lockdown happened, and so he couldn't get back in. In fact, mo- it was about a year and a half before a lot of people could actually – non-Filipinos could re-enter the Philippines, which is one of the reasons we did not want to leave. Um, and so he got stuck out, and then his family was able to join him, and, and God just kind of opened a new ministry door and – um, his heart had been to transition the church to Filipino leadership anyway. And so when he was able to come back in later and at the end of 2020, this was uh, right in December 2020, he had, plan- had been cultivating a young guy, Ivan, to take over the church. Um, but he wanted to establish elders to support him. And so he asked if I would serve as an elder in the church. Um, so in this first picture, that was kind of our send-off for Brent and our transition. We were uh, all the deacons and elders, the new elders of Lifehouse Church. And then so uh, this is us um, this past July at our first baptism since COVID. So Pastor uh, Johan is one of our lay elders, and then Pastor Ivan is the lead pastor. So he's full-time, serves the church, he leads the church. He um, actually is a graduate of CBS where I teach. And then Pastor Neil had been with Brent for years as as the associate and continues to serve full-time in the church. And then I serve as a lay elder and then Gooch as well. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a joy. It's been an interesting transition because we, we're going through all of these changes amidst COVID and Zoom services. And our old location was no, where we rented was no longer available to us. So we spent pretty much all of 2020 online and about half of 2021 before we were able to finally get established in a bowling alley uh, that needed the money because they couldn't operate yet. <laughs> and uh, and then this past September, we transitioned again to a new location at a, a, a function hall, a meeting event room at a, a condominium complex. And But that's through it all, the bl- blessing, I'll let Nikki talk a little bit about the church too for a second. I'm doing a lot of talking, but through it all, God has blessed the church and we've seen growth and, um, and just so many good things happening. So, Okay, so we want. got ministry transition. Yeah. We got lockdown coming. Mm-hmm. We got housing transition, <laughs> local church transition, and then Nikki transitions into a new ministry at Faith Academy. So you can add to whatever, uh, Jordan, then uh, tell us about how that went. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just now thinking about this, I think that I'm just like, wow, there's so many times that all of this could have just fallen apart. But like you said earlier, like just to give a good thank you, God, that we're here and by his grace, like have seen all this stuff come together. And that's just really exciting. Um, so before we went back last time, 
right when we were getting ready to leave, a lot of people were telling me that the art teacher who was at Faith Academy, who had been there for 30 years, um, that's our church. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is a church. Yeah. In our new location. Yeah. Okay. In our new okay. location. You can go to the next one there. Yeah, there we go. Um, so he was telling me that the art, there, there are people telling me that the art teacher had been at Faith Academy for 30 years, was getting ready to retire, and they were looking for somebody. And I said no for a long time, um, but God just brought all of that together. And um, so I interviewed for the position actually when we came back last time on furlough and got hired on. And then when we got back, I was getting ready to teach full time. So coming away from being a full time stay at home mom to now having a full time job and um, Faith Academy is where our kids attend. So one of the perks was that they get a discount. We don't have to pay as much um, for them to attend there. Um, So that was a great thing. So, yeah, I started my first year teaching, and there was a lot of ups and downs just trying to figure out um, how to be a teacher and to teach art. And for me, when March came, we were getting ready to go on March break. And so even as students were going home, I was like, we're all going to come back, right? Like, there's this weird sickness. Everybody's going to go home for a week, and then we'll be back, and things will be back to normal. Um, all of my art stuff was at the school, so I thought I better take a few things home with me because I might get bored over March break. And so took a couple of supplies home, and then we got the news in the middle of March break that we would not be returning to school, and we were just going to have an extra week before we went back to figure out how to make everything work online. Um, so here we are crammed in this little house. I have a couple art supplies and I have to figure out how do I get the rest of my, all of my students through, uh, the rest of this school year. So I did a lot of using my iPhone to, on a stack of books to like film what I was drawing and doing and then imported that and made videos and made it through the rest of that semester thinking, all right, we'll start back and things will be good. So we moved into our new place in June, and we spent the summer getting it all set up, and then we're told that we were going to be online for the next, I don't know how long. Um, So that was pretty difficult, because I taught four different classes, and so my life, um, at the high school level, we did everything asynchronously. So videos were posted on Monday, students had all week to work through things, and had to turn it in and submit it by Friday. So... I didn't have anything to show for that, so every single class I was working through all the projects from start to finish, filming them, putting them online. I have a whole YouTube channel. If you'd like to take one of my classes, you can. (laughs) Um, All the while, both of our kids were at home and um, needing help with their online schooling. Jordan was online. And so, as I said, it was a huge blessing for us to be at home, but there was a lot of stress in that as well of us working full-time and and working with our classes and then also helping our kids with all of their work and all of that. So taught a full year online, started the next year online as well. Um, And Faith Academy is an international school. So one of the scary things about the Philippines was pretty early on, um, notices went out from all the hospitals saying, we're jam-packed, there's no... There's no ability for anybody to come here if you're sick. So if anything happens, good luck. Um, So that was a little bit of a scary thing. There were times where Jordan would go out to buy groceries, and I just hoped, like, you know, he's had pneumonia before. Like, if anybody's going to get sick, it's probably going to be him. And there's no room in hospitals. So, like, what would we do? And 
um, you know, in our church groups, people are saying, hey, if anybody needs oxygen, I have a connection. So it's just weird times <laughs> where you're just like, what in the world? Black We're all just like for passing off oxygen to each other and like, you know. Um, but then, um, so when we came back, we actually had the opportunity last year to come back um, about the same time of March. So two years later. But because we're international school and students were everywhere, we did the whole hybrid thing of kids being online and some kids being in person. But that also meant that some of those kids were in the U.S., some of those kids were in Korea. And so everybody was just trying to make it work um, with different time zones and all of that. Uh, So I think it was really hard on a lot of families. And um, coming back into this school year, this was the first time that we had a full-on program once again with everything up and running. Um, and it's probably been my most challenging year. Um, at the high school level, a lot of students are just apathetic. They've spent the past two years letting YouTube feed their mind and all of that. And I had one class in particular that two of the girls had both tried to commit suicide and were frequent cutters, so I couldn't let them go to the bathroom by themselves. Um, I had several students who were struggling with transgender and homosexuality and all of that thing. And so that third period class especially, I just remember feeling so heavy all the time. And But, like, God really just impressed it upon my heart of just, I just need to pray for these kids. And, um, you know, art is a time where kids are working and they have a lot of opportunity to talk And so I just wanted the art room to be a safe place um, where they could do that and to have an opportunity uh, to minister to these kids. Because we're a Christian school, we have chapel and we have all of those things. Um, But definitely just seeing a lot of hurt um, with kids, asking a lot of questions. A lot of what happens in the U.S. we're a little bit behind on. It takes a couple of years to get there. Um, But a lot of the same struggles uh, even at our school And so um, just trying to combat that and to um, give them the gospel and and share Christ with them as well. So, Well, I tell you what, I just so prayed for Nikki. I mean, first-year student, cross-cultural context, teaching art online. Okay, how do you do that? And God gave you the wisdom to to work through that. Um, That's just amazing. Yeah. Tell us just briefly, what's the uh, what is the makeup of Faith Academy, you know, so we can understand, you know, and then what's the makeup of the student body? Yeah, the school started out, um, I think, over like around 67 years ago now uh, as a missionary school. So primarily a place for missionaries on the field uh, to send their children. And now um, that's not just American missionaries. And so this year we had 20 nationalities represented in our staff and our student body population. We're seeing a huge influx in Chinese students. Um, The government is getting super restrictive in China. And so for a lot of Christian families, they're sending their students uh, to Faith Academy. And so... Uh, This year, we had about a third of a split between Chinese students, American students, and Korean students. Um, But we also have opened up the school to business families as well. Uh, So we have a big population of Filipino students. So those would be our top four nationalities. And then what are their standing uh, profession of Christ? How many are, do they have to be profess Christ to be students or... 
Um, we have a statement of faith that everybody signs in order to teach at the school and attend the school. Um, but I would say that that doesn't necessarily have to be their standing, but that they understand that that is the, the position from which we wanting. are teaching yeah. and that our school. So stands. how many of your students do you think are born again? Hmm. I would say, yeah, and maybe art's a little bit different than <laughs> the rest of the school. I know, I would talk to some teachers, and they're like, it's just because you're teaching art kids, and they're all feelers, and like, man, <laughs> it's rough down there sometimes. And I say down there, because like, the high school is on one side of the campus, and the art room is on the other side, and so I pretty much just like live in the art room, and I'm and separate this from everybody else. This art room is like, it, it, I mean, sh- you know, Nikki, you were like thrilled when you saw yeah. it. It's like better than most uh, uh, schools. Well, when I went to North Kansas City, we are in the basement of, yes. like, you know. They're out there. of the basement now. Though. And then I went to, um, when I went to California Baptist University, the school kept, like, overtaking everything. But the um, college had been once uh, a place where there was, like, nursing and, and things like that. And so the art department was, I think, where the mental ward was. <laughs> so, yeah, always used to kind of being... Push to the side. So to have so a facility. So this is the Taj Mahal. Yeah. That, and then, like, every time we do school tours, everybody comes to the art room because uh, it's just a massive room and we have. And yet um, you weren't in it. Yeah, I know. You had this great space. Right. And that wasn't where yeah. God had you yeah. for these these last few years. That's amazing. All right. Uh, that's just cool, right? And uh, so... Uh, Faith doesn't pay, so she doesn't get paid from Faith. So our support enables her to teach there and minister to these kids. And uh, so there's far far more ministry, just a ton of ministry going on. And uh, I know Amber, where she's teaching in Budapest, it's just a constant flow of interacting. These kids have an opportunity with these teachers to... Uh, confess their sins, whether they know that's what they're doing or not, and to uh, what a what a ministry opportunity. Jordan, help us as we start wrapping up here a little bit. Uh, help us to f- focus. I mean, and if there's anything you want to add, Nikki, um, on what you're teaching seniors at CBS. Primarily. Primarily. I teach one second uh, sophomore class, but okay. most I teach mostly seniors. At so in college. this new ministry you've had, as these uh, uh, graduates, men and women, graduate, what do, they, what, what do they do? What are we supporting you? What are you investing in? And what's, you know, what's the result of that? Yeah, I think I have a picture of last year's seniors um, next. But, uh, I mean, I'd say entirely almost all all of them are actively going into their churches and serving um whether it's young ladies basically coming in and taking over the children's ministry program or teaching working with youth or and the young men are preaching and serving in their church um they may not be paid for that but they're basically going into to ministry and uh so i'd say all of our graduates almost yeah i'd say all of our graduates are just very heavily um, 
exercising what they're learning. Um, a lot of the ladies are also, um, you know, they went through our education program, which is accredited. So they're going to take a few more classes and will actually get an education degree and go into the public school systems and teach as well and use that. Um, but, and they uh, lead women's ministries. They lead in their women's churches. ministries. Yeah, I know, I can account. All those students are very, very much, um, basically serving full time in the church. And then and, some, some of these, uh, some of the men, if they're not uh, vocationally paid, they're they're actually being uh, appointed as as yeah, they're essentially youth leaders, in pastoral way. interns. They're preaching. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know. I'm thinking through my students over the past three years, and I really, I think all of them are are doing that. Cool, that's um, exciting. What else? Anything else? Yeah, uh, just about that in general. Anything? Teaching, uh, yeah, and it's just it's, it's exciting to see God using them. Uh, you know that to be able to invest so heavily in them and and send them out to be used by God and. Um, and to see what he's doing. I've got to actually, so this past October, um, there's a network of pastors connected to our church, and so I guess every October they do a pastoral retreat, And um, but that's not happened. So I got to go for the first time, and uh, it, was, it was a blessing to just uh, be around these these um, these men and just uh, spend time and get to know them. But there's probably about four or five former students there of mine who were in this pastoral, in this pastoral retreat, yeah, awesome. just getting to hear about what God's doing in their churches and ministries, and and seeing how um, He's using them is is exciting. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, do you guys have any questions? I have one. So there, in Philippines, there's not really restrictions on preaching the word of God there. No, no, no restrictions at all. No. Yeah, it's a very open country as far as as that goes, as far as churches go. I mean, the majority of the country is Catholic, and so religious beliefs is very intertwined with just all aspects of life. Um, you know, so mo- you don't encounter more and more maybe in the public universities, like the the University of the Philippines, you might encounter more um, more of an atheistic bent, but overall across the Philippines, you're, you're, most people have some kind of nominal faith or belief, whether it's Catholicism, Islam, um, or just some kind of hybrid, just kind of, yeah. Yeah? Normally, when I think of a foreign country, I think of a foreign language. Is English the main language that you and your ministry uh, use? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Philippines is unique that way. Um, it that because of that, there's a strong historical American relationship. You know, it was an American colony for a period of time. Um, English is a second language there. Uh, in the schools, they want you to teach English and use English. Um, you know, there's a heavy emphasis. Uh, it's the fastest growing um, call center location for, for the U.S. And so I, I've got a number of We've got a number of church members who work in call centers overnight. Um, they're dealing with insurance. If you're calling for stuff, you might be talking to somebody in the Philippines. Uh, so English is very heavily used in the Bible college. I think it's it's not mandated, um, but I teach in English, and um, I think a lot of the professors do uh, English 
is the language used at Faith Academy as a common language. In in the preaching at our church, um, it, it varies when we all between the elders. Uh, but I'd say Ivan probably ninety percent of his messages in in English. Gooch and Johan are about hundred percent speaking in English when they preach. Neil is more like forty percent English. So we have a we have a variety in the church. You know we have. Um, you know, there's a lot of Tagalog, but um, a lot of English, and so we're able to communicate and, and connect with one another. Did anybody in your family get COVID? We never got tested. Actually, Desmond did. He did get tested and had it. But uh, what year was that? That 20- was January. That's no, the, I was saying when you and I. When you and I. That was uh, 2020? July 2021. 21. Yeah, July 2021, I was sick for probably like three weeks and didn't really get out of bed much. Jordan was like off and on for like maybe a week and a half during that time. And we have a doctor who volunteers on campus at Faith Academy, and he has his own practice. And so he told us it was going to cost us $100 each just to get tested. Um, So he said, just stay at home and don't see anybody. Like it's not going to change anything to know if you have it or not. It's just going to cost you a lot of money. So um, so we never got tested, but I'm pretty sure we had COVID during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Desmond had it January of and the 2022. Too, yeah, yeah. We, he was bad enough. I took him into the hospital, and so he got tested. Um, and But, yeah, Amelia was sick right before him, so she probably had it too. Then. Okay. Now, Nikki, you said you don't get paid at school? That's correct. Um, <laughs> I mean, because you said there's uh, business people sending their kids to that school, and I'm thinking money, but then you don't get paid. Right. Um, all of our teachers raise their own support in order to teach there because it was started as a missionary school. Um, they hold a 50% capa- um, population of missionary families. That's kind of what, so only 50%. It would be, we have three tiers, so we have missionaries, nonprofit, and then business class. And so each one of those tiers pays a different amount of money. And so a lot of it goes to run the facilities and different programs that we have and all of that. Um, But the school is really helpful to if there's um, programs you want to introduce or things you want to work on. So I'm currently working on my master's in art education and so they're paying for that. Um, so, yeah, you can get funding for certain things. And so that's a huge blessing and as the, well with that. And there's Filipino support staff as far as administrative mm-hmm. assistants and cooks and stuff like that to pay as well. You know, so some of the money goes to making sure all of that support staff is able to be there and work. Mm-hmm. A lot of infrastructure on a school. So what uh, you're so you got six months here. So, you know, it's just going to be, you know, vacating and having fun, and, <laughs> you know. So what what are your goals for this furlough? Um, basically to and get a prairie quest. Yeah. I mean, the goal is to get around to all of our supporters and hopefully some new churches as well, raising funds. Um, you know, we, we need more fu- funds. Things are, you know. Currently fairly good, but, uh, yeah, could use more, especially as we are more heavily – going back in person. When we were online, really wasn't a lot to spend or do. But now that we're going back in person, there is more ministry opportunity with the church and with the Bible college. Um, so that will be helpful. We need to buy a new car, um, actually, so we're hoping to raise funds for that. Ours 
keeps dying on us. And so even like uh, two weeks before we left, I had to do some major repairs. And I told the mechanic, after I leave, just try to sell it. <laughs> just get, so I'm hoping it's not there when we get back. And, we have enough, and I'm hoping we have enough money to buy something when we get back. It's, we're going to have a problem if, if that's not the case. Uh, so that'd be a prayer request um, as well. Uh, you know, just, I guess, yeah, just, I don't know. We, yeah, we're homeschooling the kids. So just as we juggle everything, yeah. we're back to that as well. Um, I've already started my next class with my master, so I'll be working uh, on different classes in our time here. But I do hope that it's a time of rest and I'm um, just getting into God's word more and having some recharging life is easier here like we keep accounting for a lot of time to get places so it only takes us like five minutes we're like 20 minutes early and we're like what are we gonna do now <laughs> so just the ease of life already feels like yeah that well, feels rhythms. refreshing you gotta adjust to new rhythms yeah yeah so well, now, let, go i was ahead. going to say although we're not teaching i'm trying to stay connected with the church so we're going to have some online elders meetings and I was up at 5.30 Wednesday to join our Wednesday night prayer meeting. So uh, everybody else. So we're trying to stay connected and invested in the church even while we're gone. Amen. Well, let me read um, Romans 15, 30 through 33, which is uh, uh, the end of the book of Romans. It's really uh, Paul's prayer letter. Romans is a, a missionary support letter. And Paul is prepping them for his time with them. And here's his anticipation for his furlough time with the church at Rome. He says, Now I urge you, brethren, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Struggle, strive, wrestle is the idea that I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea. Now, I don't know that you have anyone that is uh, out to get them, but we do have an enemy that we prayed through in the Lord's Prayer, and he is a lion seeking whom he may devour. And so we do want to pray for protection. And then Paul goes on and says that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints. And so as they go to these churches, including, as Jordan's going to preach here in a few minutes, that the ministry would be acceptable to the saints, so that I may come to you in joy by the will of God and find refreshing rest in your company. So that's our heart's desire for you as a church. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So let me give you, you know, one rhythm. Uh, uh, they need to establish a new rhythm in these six months that is very flexible and constant change. Secondly, to refresh their hearts. And it's busy. And yet God can do that in the midst of a new in context and new environment. And then to realign their goals. Uh, ministry is a nonstop factor. And uh, the good part of being uprooted and coming back is a reset and a realignment and remembering that they would remember why they are going and why they persevered through all this for these three and a half years. And then to renew their support. Okay. And so like one, one day Jordan called me and just, or texted me and say, are you free to talk? 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm free to talk. And I said, what's going on, Jordan? Well, I've called five supporting churches. I can't get anybody to talk to me. And I knew you would talk to me. <laughs> and so we just talked through that. And what that is, and that's not a, 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 a judgment on those. It's just post-COVID, nobody's answering their phones. Nobody's taking message. It's just... It's just a new going. So we kind of talked through together some new strategies on how to connect. But uh, uh, we hope that we can always be available to uh, reconnect. Amen. Is that good? Okay. Do we have... So, I mean, just... Yeah, let's give them a hand. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, you can connect with them after church. And just, you know, they're going to be around. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come and we thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. And in your providence in this global pandemic, you had a global purpose. And it was a purpose that focused on getting the gospel to the ends of the earth. We thank you for the Nisleys, Amelia, Desmond, uh, the ministry you've given to Nikki at Faith Academy, Jordan's leadership and ministry and teaching. And we do pray that these next six months can be refreshment, a reestablish of a new rhythm, and a renewing of support, Lord. And we pray that as they kind of bop in and bop out, that we can love on them. But more so, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for this class, this church, the consistent giving that enables them to be where they are called to be. And I pray and I thank you for the consistent praying that is answered and accomplishes your purposes far beyond what we can ask or what we think. So may we ask more and think bigger as we pray for the Nisleys and all our global partners that there might be glory in the church. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray this. Amen and amen.